0: Good afternoon
1: and welcome. The federal liberal government has announced a ban of single-use plastics by the end of 2021. That's no surprise they ran on this, but many are questioning, why now? When we are in the midst of a pandemic that has seen our single-use plastic use increase by a whopping 250 or 300 percent as we dispose of items like PPE and... uh, Takeout, and we avoid using reusable bags because uh, we fear being exposed to the virus on some kind of surface. Now, the environment minister says that the latest list only includes things that can be easily replaced with more eco friendly alternatives. But there's also the question of increased cost, especially for restaurants that are hard hit trying to survive mostly on takeout. So I'd like to hear from you about uh, your single-use plastic use. Is this the right time? What about your recycling efforts? Very uh, little of the stuff we think we're recycling actually gets recycled. Uh, and I guess that's one of the impetuses. Is that a word? Impetuses for this. The numbers to call 416- 3600740, toll free 866 1866-740-4740. And now I would like to bring in Daniel Hornweg, who is an associate professor in the Faculty of Energy Systems and Nuclear Science at the University of Ontario Institute of Technology, Michelle Gantner, co-owner of Unboxed Market, and Tony Saberwall, who is the owner of Six Triangles, a restaurant here in Liberty Village in toronto hello and welcome to everyone thanks for being with us thank you thank you thanks okay let us start with daniel hornwig and daniel uh one of the reasons for this is that on the uh reduce reuse recycle a lot of people focus on recycle and and the fact is that very little of the stuff we think we're recycling ends up being recycled right
2: well, very little of the plastics, but the paper, the glass, the aluminum—that's all very well recycled. Uh, the plastics is particularly challenging, though. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we're we're talking about here. The the plastics. Now, why is that?
2: Partly because it's not an easy uh, industrial process to to sort them all and then to make sure they're clean and then um, reintroduce them back into the into the packaging stream. Um, the package or plastics very light. So it's not an easy thing to to uh, ship around. It takes a lot of space. Uh and there's just not that much uh demand for it. Um unless you're making things like uh park benches and, and um lumber substitute, for example. But to to re to recycle it back into what it was is is not an easy process.
1: Okay. And uh do you think that this uh list of things that are being banned, is that a good thing? <laughs>
2: Um, it's, it's a thing that, that is, is trying to send a message. Um, I think it's a bit more, uh, presentational and trying to respond to what, government and what people are, are, are demanding and are very concerned. I think the issue with plastic is, is more of an issue of, of it um, degrading and being in, the wa- in, in waterways and that sort of thing. There's lots of studies that are coming out about how much plastic is actually consumed by us in, in, in microparticles. Um, banning is always a challenge. I'm, I was a uh, recycling coordinator for the city of Guelph way back in 1987 and the uh, um, Air Canada switched from the little glass uh, booze bottles on the planes to plastic. And we sent them a note saying, hey, that's a terrible idea because um, uh, plastic isn't recyclable. And they, they sent back a very nice note uh, a few months later to me. This was my first council resolution ever. And they said, um, but by the way, we've done the studies and the fuel that we'll save because plastic is so much lighter than glass. um is, is very significant, um, in the greenhouse benefits for that. So plastic is, it's the shade of gray that, that, uh, it has a tremendous number of, of benefits. It also has a tremendous number of downsides. And so banning a few things here and there, uh, sends a message that people are concerned about it but how much help it does overall is always a bit of a question.
1: Okay, let's bring in Michelle uh, Gentner from the Unboxed Market. And uh, Michelle, you've already gotten rid of of things like that, correct? As much as possible, yeah. Uh, So tell me about the alternatives that you are using. So in in our
3: store, for example, Packaging is what we deliberately focus on and single-use plastics is the is the largest component of what we focus on. And so we it's not as much as we have gotten rid of it as we deliberately try to purchase things in the first place that do not have it. So um, our packaging comes in a bulk, in a larger format and is loose. So you don't find bags of apples or mesh bags of avocados or uh, individually wrapped You know, um, half watermelon on a styrofoam tray that's uh, also then wrapped in shrink wrap, those kinds of things. We just don't have that processing. You won't find styrofoam. Um, There's no tearaway produce bags. There's no plastic bags at checkout. Uh, We just don't have them integrated into our business model at all.
1: Um, okay. And and uh, during the pandemic, didn't that hurt you when people were actually looking for those things? They wanted more packaging, wanted assurances that other people weren't touching or anything like that?
3: No. And part of the reason is because we already hold our store to an incredibly high standard of cleaning and sanitizing just because of the way that our store um, exists. So we need to constantly be aware of high touch points and, and sanitizing and cleaning those things long before the pandemic. So we definitely had to step up those efforts and we um, have changed some, some ways that people interact in our store with our products. So we took away um, sampling items. We took away um, the scoops being in the bin. So there are clean and dirty scoop bin places now so that things are not touched by multiple hands, but uh, for example, if you take a traditional grocery store and you walk down a cereal aisle and it's boxes and boxes and boxes of cereal, there's a very good chance that many people have touched that box of cereal and put it back and gone with a different box of cereal. And there is an equally good chance that nobody has followed behind and sanitized every one of those boxes because that's a ridiculous um, labor-intensive exercise that really would have no uh, long-term benefit because two seconds later, someone else would again touch the box of cereal. Whereas here, since our cereal is in bins, it requires us simply sanitizing a handle or a, or a turn nozzle, which is much easier to maintain um, and, a, and a cleaner surface in general for our customers shopping. So we didn't really see um, that much of an impact. also because the people who shop in our store are used to having those systems already in place.
1: Uh, Now, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, grocery bags, those single-use bags that you get are going to be banned. Now they cost a nickel, but the paper bags that you're going to replace them are a lot more expensive, right? So
3: we've always had paper bags as an option for customers if they don't bring their own bag with them, which, by the way, they have always been welcome to do and continue to be welcome to do. Um, And our paper bags are 50 cents for a customer if they need it. We also offer boxes um, obviously, for free, that we have, you know, our produce and things come in boxes. Or um, customers are welcome to purchase a reusable tote, or obviously bring their own containers to to take their purchases home.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a call from Lana in Toronto. Hi, Lana. Um, hello. What
4: I would like to say on the topic of uh, banning single-use plastic is. What well, you can replace the single-use bags, um, uh, 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 straws and what have you, is with, there actually are now disposable um, bags and water bottles that are like plastic, but they are actually
1: made out of uh, corn, corn,
4: Yep, there's corn a, starch
1: they're, they're, and uh, the- maple. There are all kinds of stuff. Thank you for that. Uh, sugar cane, cornstarch. Uh, that's what we're discussing. One of the issues, though, is that all of those things are extremely expensive. Uh, Daniel Hornwig... Uh, what do you find in terms of the acceptance of the alternatives? You know, sometimes if you get your takeout food in a, in in a paper thing, you know, it can be a little messy, or the the box can get wet. Uh, what are you finding with that?
2: No, exactly. I think I think it's um, it's a process where, for example, if you have if we have stores, you know, that we just heard about, I think they provide a, a, a huge benefit. There are places where paper bags don't tend to work very well. Um, for example, if you, if you buy at a, a, the LCBO and it's raining and your paper bag breaks, um, it's a very frustrating process. But I think what it's signaling is that, that people really are willing and, and wanting to do their part. Um, it isn't easy, but it's things like uh, plastic cutlery, People are getting into the habit of, of, of bringing their own cutlery or, or water bottles. So, for example, um, our students at the university, I don't think there's a single one anymore that doesn't have their own water bottle and they just fill it up at the fountain. Um, so I think it's signaling a process that each of us will figure out what, what works best for us uh, in reducing our overall plastic.
1: Mhm. Uh And again, the expense of it, Michelle, I mean, uh, uh, we've been hearing from restaurateurs uh, who are saying, at this time, we're barely making a living. And to make us revert, and we're trying to make a living on takeout, to revert to some of this new packaging that costs, you know, maybe double, maybe even more than what we're used to, that's very difficult. Yeah, and
3: I I mean, I don't want to speak for restaurateurs, particularly what we, I believe, still have one on the phone. But I think that a a big part of that is um, this isn't coming into place until the end of 2021. So there is some transition time available. So um, hopefully, I mean, who knows with COVID what's going on and what things will be like in in 12 or 15 months. I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow is going to be anymore. Um, and so there is a transition time for that. There's also the argument of purchasing purchasing in volume to bring the the pricing down. But obviously, that's something that um, there are um, organizations like Restaurants Canada who can lobby and try to get those prices coordinated for uh, their groups. Again, it's not something I've been out of restaurants now for almost four years. I, I'm i not with my finger on that pulse anymore to, to
1: speak to it well enough. Okay, let's take a call from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis.
2: Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. So two points, and your last uh, speaker just touched on it. With any luck at all, COVID will be done by the end of 2021. Uh, I'm certainly hoping that's the case. So we should have less uh, takeout. I certainly look forward to returning to uh, restaurants. And the second point is, whether it's energy or plastics, the thing we never talk about are the environmental costs. And whether, yes, things will be more expensive, but you will pay, we will all pay one way or the other if we fail to consider the environmental cost of continuing on the path that we're going. Those are my comments. Thank you.
1: Okay, Dennis, thank you for that. I'd like to get into this whole issue of recycling, Daniel Hornweg. And uh, I know that there are different rules for recycling on what you can recycle in every municipality. That makes things a lot more difficult. And on top of that, I can tell you that just in my household, when I'm uh, getting rid of packaging or containers or something, you know, I'll ask my husband, can we recycle this? And then he'll say, well, I don't know any better than you, and why don't you look it up? And I'm trying to get dinner on the table. Um, why is it so hard to figure out what we can put in that blue bin and what we can't?
2: Well, it's exactly as you said. There's a lot of municipalities have different programs. They're able to take different materials. You know, if you look on a on a pl- on a, a plastic package of whether it's a yogurt tub or a, or a PET bottle they all have that little logo with a number on it, and that's supposed to somehow reassure us that it could be recycled when it's not really. Um, so m- different municipalities have different um, uh, markets where they can send the plastic uh, when it's being recycled, but it does, as you say, it's, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. And if you really ask any municipality, do they, do they want to be recycling the plastic, it's the most difficult item in the blue box or the recycling container, to always process it's the one that basically they're making the least money on taking the you know it's the most expensive component and what ends up happening is the the, pla- the recycling of plastic is just difficult from a, di- a technological point of view it's much easier much cheaper to to make it from from virgin material but as as the caller said you know there's a there's a big environmental cost associated with that so what we're trying to come up with, I guess, as a society, is what is the, the balance, what is the you know the compromises that we're willing to make, and we may we may start saying, well, no, we just don't need this much plastic packaging, um, and starting to prioritize. I mean, we'll often hear from the plastic industry, oh, but you can't stop plastic because. IV bags are plastic, for example. But there's a huge difference between having a, a plastic IV bag in a hospital versus plastic cutlery that, that, that lasts for about three seconds that we use it. So I think what's happening is because of the difficulty in recycling this material, we're coming up with programs that try and take out the stuff that's the most egregious um, and that has perhaps the most impact on the environment as well. So plastic straws, this sort of thing. Um
1: Michelle, I, I'd like to get to consumers. Now, I, I think you're in a unique position because your customers are probably very, very committed to being environmentally conscious and, and not to use much packaging. But, mm-hmm. uh, I shop in a, a, a regular uh, grocery store supermarket, and I can tell you that uh, since it's a great supermarket, shout out to my supermarket, but a lot of the things that were out In bulk beforehand, uh, including fruits and vegetables, things that would have been in a bin and in a container like olives. So you could pick your own and put it in a container. All of that is now packaged up. Uh And most frankly, most of the people that I know are, um, happy about that. I mean, it's been shown that that touch is not such a a big deal with COVID, but people are still wary, and they're preferring that. So do you think that this is a good time to bring in this ban?
3: So I I would, oh boy, that's a whole lot to unpack. I would say yes, uh, I still think it's a good time. I actually think it's late. I think we're well behind the eight ball, particularly if you um, revert to what the previous caller said with the environmental impact. Every single day, the plastics manufacturers churn out billions and billions and billions of products that are single use plastics that we will literally see for a couple of seconds in front of us and then, um, they, they disappear. They get disposed of. They, they get thrown away. Um, but they don't really, they're still in our world. So, uh, there is no, um, <laughs> like the cliche no time like the present to try and try and move these these things forward as much as possible. I think that having the the things packaged in a grocery store right now during a pandemic during all of those things, I understand the comfort to it. You know, we pivoted in in as fast as possible to get an online order system set up and have contactless pickup and contactless delivery and offering all of the extra comforts to our customers who didn't even want to come into any stores because they are um, vectors and trying to keep themselves and the people they care about safe, which I fully understand and support. So yes, there, there is a a option to have things packaged, but they don't have to be in plastic. For example, when we're doing contactless um, transfers to our customers, we have bulk olives and we're not, you know, handing them to them in their hand, they go in glass jars, which are on a deposit, and those glass jars are returned to us, and the customer gets their money back or uses it towards their next purchase however they prefer. You know, the same with soups and with frozen goods, and there are alternatives to plastic, and that, I think, is where the, the biggest issue is is everyone seems to have developed, and I'm using everyone in very broad strokes, developed this ability to just ignore what's right in front of their eyes, and that's where I think that there's a risk of us literally swimming in all these plastics. There's also some major concerns, though, for example, with the straws. If you look at the accessibility, I mean, taking away a single-use straw, yes, most of the population does not need it. But people who have accessibility needs who can't use an alternative like a silicone, like something made of a plant-based that they might have allergies to or um, metal or glass straws that could be, um, injurious if you have any kind of a, an issue with maintaining your facial or, or hand mobility. Um, those kinds of things require sometimes some leniency. So, what does that mean? Does that mean somebody now needs to go to a pharmacy and get a prescription for single use, um, straws? Like it's, there's a lot of things that still need to be sorted out that I haven't seen enough information on. And, um, so I'm a little bit wary, but I'm very hopeful that. Um, things are moving in the right
1: direction. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. Again, I'd like to hear from you. Have you been using a a lot more single-use plastics? What do you um, get when you order takeout? Uh, I get a lot of it in this kind of black plastic, uh, not quite clamshells, but these black plastic containers that we know are very difficult to recycle. Uh, And um, what would those things, how would they do in some kind of paper container? Sometimes they get paper containers and everything gets a little bit soggy. I mean, there are ways around that, but I'd like to hear from people. And have you been using more packaging or buying more packaging Uh, because of the pandemic. I think most people probably have. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Jerry and Markham. Hi, Jerry.
4: Hi. I agree with uh, what she said about individually uh, uh, the fruit and vegetables that wrapping it, but one of the byproducts to that is what I see in a lot of the supermarkets is people going up Looking at something, and they see one item that looks better than the, the item in the in the next thing there, and they Mickey Mouse. They open it up, take it out, put it in the other one, and switch the other one, and put it in theirs. They, <laughs> I see that going on almost every time I go into a, in one of the supermarkets. What do you and mean, like the,
1: taking a tomato from one box and putting it in another?
4: Yeah, because it looked a little nicer. Okay. Or or uh, or. So check it for strawberries or cherries or whatever. And, uh, oh, that strawberry don't look so good. I, that one looks better. So I'll switch them around.
3: Okay. I think,
4: that's, I think that is short of being vulgar. Anyhow, the main thing I wanted to talk about, and this has uh, irritated me for a while, is I go into some of the place stores, and they will not allow me to bring in my cloth bag that I carry my stuff in. I have to leave it outside. And then go through the checkout and then either get their bag or take it with a cart out the door and then pack it into my bag outside. But they will not allow you to use, bring a reusable bag inside. I thought that changed. That,
1: that was at the height of the pandemic. I know that, again, at, at my grocery store, there was a, a, a long while where they did that and they have started to allow reusable bags in. I don't know if that'll change now that we're in a second wave I think uh, it depends um, on the
4: store. Yeah, um, some so, of them have not. Some of them have not changed their policy. They've maintained it throughout the whole time. Yeah, so, and that makes it difficult for the shopper because what's the sense of spending two dollars or three dollars to buy a, a, a green bag or a red bag or whatever it is in whichever store it is, and then it's a one-time use because you can't reuse it again. It, they don't know if you've washed it or not washed it and they don't want it in their establishment.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, uh, you know, as uh, Michelle points out, every every store probably has a different policy, so you might want to look for one that has one that suits you. But I just have a hunch that those have, that have started to loosen things up are probably going to tighten them up again. That's yeah. just other, a guess. Quick,
4: the other quick thing that I mentioned that I don't understand is the problem in plastics. I drive, drive truck, and I used to drive for Rosedale, which is a, uh, a large carpet mover. Uh, they pick up carpet down in Georgia, and they bring it up here, and they deliver it to the different carpet stores and that. And when I went down there, I used to take bales of uh, compressed uh, uh, pop bottles, the two-liter pop bottles down there, and that is, is turned into nylon, which they make the nylon carpets out of. And if they can make carpets out of the pop bottles, why can't they do
1: similar things
4: with the water bottles? Uh,
1: um, I can't answer that. (laughs) But Jerry, thanks very much for your call.
4: Thank you. Have a good
1: day. Okay, you too. All righty. We are just about out of time. Uh, Daniel Hornweg, what would you like to leave us with on this?
2: Simply, I mean, I I agree with Michelle. I mean, I, I think that, that by, by us trying to avoid as much plastic as possible, it sends a very strong message. But I think it's important to keep in mind that, that there are some benefits for, or a lot of benefits from plastic. And it's not easy. Um, but I think the government, it, it takes it by the government, knowing that we're all trying to, to work, uh, I mean, a li- as much as possible cooperatively makes a huge difference.
1: And
3: Michelle? Uh, I think that, uh, aside from the points that we've already said, a big factor that I'd like to see coming down from the government right now, if they are going to push this through, is working with municipalities to develop uh, facilities that can actually compost the compostable products that they're now pushing as an alternative. Presently, those do not exist in the vast majority of North America, and we need more of that if the alternative is to
1: then compost compostable products. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle Gentner and Daniel Hornweg. Appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.